Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Hello, everyone! Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek, the podcast that should really be titled So Thank God We Have People That Still Listen to Us. My name's Chrissy McQueen, Justin Winters is on my left. And special guest Ryan Gosling's right in front of me. Ryan's very quiet, but he doesn't need to say anything, really. I mean, let's be honest. Words unnecessary. Justin. Yeah. May I say that I appreciate my Christmas present of Ryan Gosling so much, and that you are the best husband ever for giving him to me? <laughs> you have to explain that. <laughs> I think it's better left if I like don't explain it. I him over the head and like put him in a bag and said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Here he is. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, actually. Um, but no. Sadly, unsadly, depending on how you look at it, uh, it is not Ryan Gosling in a bag. It is a 8 by 11 print of the Goss from Crazy Stupid Love with his shirt off. And it is signed by the Goss and framed. Justin, among other presents, presented this to me on Christmas, wrapped. And it was the best thing ever. And here's the best part, too. Not only did he do this, and I know my husband. It's not totally a joke gift. He's like, please, enjoy this. Put this up wherever you want. <laughs> he keeps putting it up in most random places so that I'll see it. He puts it up on the dining table. I walk by it. I go to change our daughter. It's on the changing table. Like, And now we're going to do the podcast. He goes, lean closer to the microphone. I'm like, I will. So he scooches the mic in front of Gosling's abs and is like, here you go. Speaking to Gosling's abs. <laughs> I have to say it's very effective. <laughs> so this podcast is long overdue, peeps. And, you know, we've given the whole baby excuse like a million times now. Yeah. But for real, we got a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to even watch movies, much less talk about them. I think our reviews after movies have now become like this. So. That was, that was good. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. All right. Good night. <laughs> That's kind of the extent of our conversation now. We've saved it all up. All of these juices have been saved for you, Ryan. Juice. <laughs> just, just throw your juices at him. I do have some juice in my hand. <laughs> Gross. It's juice. It's actual juice. With wine. No, we, so, <clears throat> excuse me, juice. Did that just happen? Well, you just gave me some juice. That was incredible. Wow. Well, I hope that in the future, if I give you juice, that that's not the first reaction. It's got booze in it. I do have boozy juice. It's true. Um, so, yeah. So, due to the fact that we have uh, a baby, um, we watched very little movies this year. Well, let's be fair. In just speak, less than normal. We didn't see very many movies. In normal people speak, we saw a shit ton of movies, y'all. We saw, or Justin saw. I saw forty three movies uh, in two thousand twelve. 
movies that came out that were released in theaters. See, nicely done. And though I didn't tally up my total, I'm a nerd. I Actually, don't... wait, no, forty four, forty five. If you can, if you count Titanic three D, which it does count. It's forty six. Okay, so forty six. Yeah. Um, I didn't count mine, but. I noticed that there was only really a handful of movies that you saw that I didn't. So I'm guessing my total's around 40. Maybe 39, maybe 40. Um, over Christmas break, I think I watched like at least a dozen. Yeah, we watched a lot over Christmas break. And this was the first year that I didn't bug you about it. Like, let's go out. Let's do things. Let's be productive members of society. This year I was like, put it on. <laughs> I'm on the couch. I don't care. Just put it on. No way. I was like, no. What do you mean? <laughs> Reproductive members of society. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure what the no way it was for. I'm like, what's that reaction for? Anyway, Justin suggested a while back that we do a top 10 list for 2012, which I was totally on board with, but we have not seen all the movies that really should be considered. We saw the most of them that we could, like we just discussed, but I want to know, I mean, like before we go further, Justin, do you feel comfortable Giving this top ten? Um, sure. Really? I think there's a couple that I would have liked to have watched, but there's just not enough time. Okay, so should we mention them up front so that the kids don't look forward to it? Like, oh man, they didn't mention the best exotic marigold hotel, and I was so they, looking forward to it. I haven't seen that. Right. We still haven't seen The Hobbit. No. Even though we have the screener for it. Yeah. But you know how it was pulling teeth just to get Christy to watch Lord of the Rings, so... <sighs> After that, watching another three-plus-hour Hobbit, <laughs> Hobbit would be... My mom wants to watch it with you. Um, what else? Uh, there's a couple documentaries I want to watch in that pile. Amour. I know it's in Amour, there. Amour, I want to watch that. French film. Um, Holy Motors, another French film I want to see. Okay. Uh, Wasn't there a couple of... Um, Oh, uh, the one Anna Karina. Yes, I really want to see that. Wait, say it again. Anna Karina. No. What is it? Karenina. Karenina. Yeah, or Karenina. But there's two ends. Whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's Karenina, and uh, also the one with Matt Damon. Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. I knew Promised this Land. Yeah, I want to see that too. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff I want to see. It's just it was. We failed. I mean, we were watching like a movie a day almost during it's the true. break, so. And now we have to go back. Cool. Womp womp. We gotta go back? To work. It's true. Were you hoping I was gonna say to the future? I was like, we have to go back <laughs> and watch two movies a day. <laughs> we didn't make it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good thing we watched a lot of these movies because a lot of them made the list. I agree. Well, Another thing that I noticed is... We're not gonna have the same list this year. Last year we had very similar lists, and we and we said Drive was. Our, that's why Ryan's on this podcast. Drive was our number one movie last year, so as number one, he gets to sit in on next year's list. Thanks, Ryan. So knowing that I saw like forty six movies, pretty much like a fourth of the movies are on my list. Um, but even my, like I put a top twenty. If I look at did. if I look at my second ten, as in eleven through twenty. Mm-hmm. Pretty good list. There's a lot of good movies this year. I didn't make a second ten, <laughs> but I did do a couple of honorable mentions. Well, 
I was like, should I say my second 10 before? But I'm like, that would give away what's not in my top 10. I thought of that too. So, so we have to do second 10 and honorable mentions last. Afterwards. Yes. Okay. But in the meantime, uh, shall we start with number 10? Sure, I'll let you go first. Oh, you're just going to let me? I don't have to win it through rock, scissors, paper like usual? <laughs> no, go ahead. Whenever Justin doesn't want to do anything, he's like, he always asks me, uh, do you want to take out the dog? <laughs> or like, who do you want to take out the dog? And I always say like, <laughs> no, or you. And then he gives me this flabbergasted, pained expression. And I'm like, then why did you ask me? <laughs> Were you hoping I would say, I want to do this chore? All this because I said that you could go first. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Thanks a lot. I'm giving you a hard time. Okay. My numero diez. And I don't know this list. You do not know this list. Okay. Would you like to guess what it is? No. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> well, good, fine. Uh, All I hope is that Titanic 3D is not number one on your list. Number ten <laughs> is the Avengers. The Avengers. Number ten. Yeah. You know, the top ones kind of fell into place easily for me on this list. And then honestly, when I was getting towards the bottom, like 7, 8, 9, 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 7, you, 8, 9, 10. You were just like, what What the hell? And it wasn't totally like, what the hell? But I was like, oh, I mean, I like them all. So then it just became a matter of, all right, I have to, I have to like mentally flick chart this. Like where I'm like, blah, blah versus blah, blah. Which do I like better of those two? And then I would be like, blah, blah. And then I would pitch that against the next one. So that's how I came up with the with the bottom part of the 10. So number 10 is blah, blah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I really like anything that Joss Whedon has a hand in. With the exception of like Firefly. Did you see Firefly? Parts. Okay. Um, but... Generally, I think that he has a knack for dialogue and story pacing mm-hmm. that are so distinctly his mm-hmm. that when you watch a movie or when you watch a certain show, you either go, oh, this is so Whedon, or if you're not sure if he did it, or if even if you, you don't think he did it, it's like, this is so Whedon-esque. And I remember watching that, and I didn't know he was involved at the time. And I was like, this is so Whedon-esque. And you were like, that's because it is Whedon. And I went, it is? Oh, my God! And then I got excited, and I thought about Buffy and Angel, and he's good with teams, groups of people coming together for a common good. Yeah, but you know, I mean, surely he's like one of those writer directors that just has a niche. A niche. A niche, and his is, is strong dialogue and pacing. And who's your favorite adventure? Um, uh, can I remember all of them? That's can, the real question. Can you remember one of them? Yes, Thor. Thor's your favorite? Well, he's one. Because of his no, I, sexy long hair? Robert Downey Jr. is another. Who does he play? Tony. <laughs> Tony Man? <laughs> Tony the Tiger? <laughs> Eat your frosted flakes, kids. Be a great role for him. Okay, so that's two. I didn't tell you the Scarlett name. Scarlett Johansson is three. Who's your favorite? Jeremy. I'm good with the bow and arrow. Is four. Again, you're not listening to the question. No, but I'm trying to do I'm wrong. That's four. Who's the other one? There's oh, Hulk Captain America and Captain America. And Hulk. So those two. Those were the two I was missing. Of the list, I like Iron Man. 
Okay. The best. I mean, like, come on, though. But who doesn't? He's got the best lines. Okay. He's a pain in the ass, but he's got the best lines. Good pick. We and might for revisit you. it. Oh, might we? Later in the list. For my pick at number 10, I thought this, this was uh, hanging around, like, at the bottom of the 10, top of the second 10. Mm-hmm. But I decided to put it at 10 just because I know that it would get a rise out of Chrissy. Number 10 on my list, top 10 movies of 2012. Killer Joe. Really? Guys. <laughs> so last night I was at a friend's place um, drinking moonshine. Yeah, actual uh, moonshine. He, he drank. No, it was, we were drinking moonshine. Not we. The breastfeeding woman and, was not drinking and, moonshine. And, I was and, not there. And, lim- and lemonade. And talking about uh, Killer Joe <laughs> and how crazy awesome it is. Um, Chrissy was on the computer most of the time I was watching Killer Joe and she would sporadically look up and start watching with me and usually it, it she would look up watch a little bit of look at me and then just shake her head and be like why are you watching this and then I'd go back to what I was doing but <laughs> if you like crazy like white trash thrillers um <laughs> And Matthew McConaughey in one of his greatest roles of the year. Um, uh, how many roles in the year did he have? <laughs> he was in Magic Mike. Oh. He was in Killer Joe. Yeah. And he was in this other movie that wasn't able to see this year called Bernie. You know, they're actually not that dissimilar roles if you think about it. His role in Magic Mike and his role in Killer Joe. <laughs> they're <laughs> no. remarkably different. <laughs> no, wait. Yes. <laughs> no, not the characters. I feel like... If Matthew's role, the part that he played in Magic Mike, was also secretly a vigilante killer, they might be the same person. And not just because they look and sound alike. <laughs> it's just a similar swagger. So you don't agree with my pick? You know what? Let me put it this way. What's Killer Joe about? I tried explaining this to my mother. The movie Killer Joe? Yes. I didn't no, tell you, you, this. <laughs> you, you just explain like one of the scenes out of the movie, totally out of context, by the way, which I wouldn't just totally pick. Like, All right, you should see this movie because of this one scene that happens at the very end. <laughs> but I was explaining to, to my 62 year old, swears like a sailor, you know, flower power hippie mom who I thought would, you know, find some merit in this. And I'm like, so there's this scene where Matthew McConaughey. He's, no, 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 don't. don't. Don't tell everybody the scene on the podcast. You just told me to tell them what it's about. That yeah. is essentially what it's about. No, it's not. <laughs> Killer Joe is about <laughs> this fam- white trash family that lives in this mobile home and uh, where is it? I don't know. But there's like a mix of really bad family dynamics and sexual abuse going on. And they just dis- they discover that if they kill the awful mom... They stand to gain $50,000 in insurance money. So they hire Matthew McConaughey to do the dirty work so they can inherit the sum and then leave him uh, a third or a fourth or whatever it was. And then shit goes awry. Yes. It goes awry. Awry. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like one... And then the last 15 minutes are just like totally crazy. 
Right. One and, bad thing leads to another. And by the way, they're not asking for this insurance money and wanting to kill her just because they're assholes and she's an asshole. It's because one of the kids is a fuck-up and owes a lot of money to some scary dudes. And if he doesn't pay it, he's going to be shanked. Yeah. And so, but this movie is directed by William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist, but also... Yes. Was there a remake that I missed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, sequels. <laughs> the original. Um, no, he, only, he not only did The Exorcist, but he also directed a movie with the same writer as Killer Joe before this called Bug, which I also love. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. And I freaked Chrissy out with because it's amazing. Now it all makes sense. With Ashley Judd and... Um, what's his creepy face? Michael Shannon. Was what's his creepy face busy this day that they did <laughs> Killer Joe? Why was he not in this? So if, you never, if you're listening at home and you like crazy out there movies... We spent you a should, long time on you this. You should not YouTube the trailers. You should just go ahead and watch Bug, and then you should watch Killer Joe directly afterwards. Back to back, and then slit your wrists and thank, right after that. thank me okay. profusely. Um, so, what's your number nine movie? My number nine movie... <laughs> okay. Is already starting out in the wrong presidential accent. Lincoln. But now, 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 now. <laughs> it is Lincoln. We also, last night, other than watching uh, Triangle uh, and talking about Killer Joe, we watched the um, movie trailers with the Pee Wee Herman voice. <laughs> One of which is the Lincoln trailer. Now. Just so you guys know, Jimmy Fallon does a sketch on his show wherein he revoices popular movie trailers with Pee Wee Herman basically doing all of the dialogue. <laughs> and one of them was Lincoln, as Justin mentioned. So you're like, no, 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 no. And it's pretty it's pretty damn amazing. The best one, though, is The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> one with the Bane voice. <laughs> Can you imitate it? No. It's it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. So Lincoln. Lincoln. Did we watch it last night? The last? days have run together for me. I, we it might just have been watched last it, night. finally. I don't remember. But uh, here's the thing about how this ended up on my list. I had ordered out the top eight really well. Uh-huh. And I knew at that point, I was like, oh, The Avengers should definitely be number 10 because it's one of those borderline movies for me of whether or not it should really be in. So it's definitely my number 10. I love that Lincoln was battling The Avengers for the, like, <laughs> no, the 9 and no. 10 slot. No, that's just it. I knew before... He could have been one of The Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> reanimated Lincoln vampire hunter. Oh, God. So, no, here's what happened. I didn't even have Lincoln in the list at all. I had done my complete list, and there was an opening at number nine. And I was like, did I not pick a number nine? And I, like, looked back at the movies that I had seen, and I realized I indeed had not picked a number nine movie. I had made my entire list, like, one through eight and then ten. <laughs> so... I had to insert a number nine, and that's how Lincoln was born. Huh. Well, um, yeah, we just watched Lincoln. Daniel Day-Lewis is fantastic. I was kind of, uh, I guess I was putting it off because I was afraid it was going to be boring, but it was really good. Yeah, and, and I think that's a, a big reason why it made my top ten is that, I mean, I'm a kind of a history nerd anyway. I like historical context movies, but, so even if it would have been boring, I probably would have liked it. 
but it has a lot of mainstream appeal and it the pacing isn't incredibly so there are slow parts but it's not incredibly slow or it's unwatchable um and has a germane historical context with the times today indeed and tommy lee jones steals the show in my book tommy lee jones and his wig he well first of all he was so unexpected <laughs> i love that you came on like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you didn't know he was in this movie no i didn't there's a lot of like hey it's that guy in this movie I, okay i didn't confess this to you at the time uh-huh I probably drink first there's Tommy Lee Jones, who's amazing. There's the James, entire movie. James Spader, yeah, who's amazing. The entire movie, I'm like, that looks so much like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But it can't be. But is it? And then he would talk. I'm like, no, the voice the voice isn't like totally. No, it can't be. But it looks like him. I did this the entire movie, never quite knowing. And then at the very end, when I watched the credits, I'm like, and it was. And it was. You're horrible at that. I know. But I didn't want to confess it to you at the time. Um, but yeah, like, I mean. Lincoln. What can you say about freaking Daniel Day-Lewis? I mean, other, other than he's a national treasure and probably the best actor of our times. Well, he's, he's insanity personified. Like, this man, I don't even know. Like, if somebody said you have to play Sebastian the Crab, he would, like, go and, like, live in the ocean for, like, a month. <laughs> Figuring out what makes him tick. And then he'd come out with crab claws and be like... The gauntlet has been thrown, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> he'd come walking The Little Mermaid Live remake. <laughs> he'd come walking out of the water like this with crab shells for kiss, hands. Kiss the girl. And he'd be like this, I am ready. <laughs> and then he would snap his little crab claws. <laughs> and we would move forward. I'm not Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm Sebastian. <laughs> the crab. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, he could take anything and become that entity or person. I mean, yeah. Other than him and the fantastic screenplay of this movie, which kind of paints Lincoln in a, in a different light than you would usually read about him in... History? Boring history textbooks. Yeah, I kind of want to be friends with this Lincoln. Yeah. He was a jokester. He liked to tell jokes, tells. Tell long stories that he knew were long. Do you know who he reminded me of a little bit with all the stories and stuff like that? Who? Our dearly departed friend, Kim Bancroft. Oh. Uh, we're talking about an, our apartment manager who loves our dog and he passed <laughs> this year. The reason it's at all relevant is I used to go... He was the president of our apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. I used to go and I would sit in his office sometimes and listen to his stories you didn't do this, so you don't have the same context that I do. And I remember thinking at the time that it was like Big Fish. Like, here I was, and I would listen, and I'd, I was like the kid in present or future listening to the stories of ye old times, and, like, you know, the movie that's being made was really about what happened then. They were really amazing stories. So, this, and it's fun, the, the the technique, the storytelling technique was not dissimilar from how Daniel Day-Lewis did it in this movie. Anyway, it was kind of cool. Oh, Lincoln. Lincoln. Everybody thinks it's one of the Oscar frontrunners. Well, of course. If, if he doesn't win Best Actor, he's been robbed. Oh, he's uh, he's a definite. Sure. I'm talking about Best Picture mainly, but... That won't win. But no? Okay. It's one of the top three, apparently. 
Yeah. Okay, so um, nine, I love Lincoln, nine. but uh, but it it was I in my Lincoln. second. <laughs> I love Lincoln. This is my second ten, so I'm glad that you put it in your top ten. What you don't you don't like Emancipation enough to include it in the top ten? You want people to be slaves again? You got me. You got me. <laughs> you are from the south. <laughs> How did I end up with a Confederate? Okay, um, number nine. Cabin in the Woods. Which got an honorable mention from me. Yay! Yay! Why is it your number nine? Do you want to answer that? No. Cabin in the Woods. I know. I love that movie. <laughs> I know you do. That's why I wanted so you to So good. Say you love it. I mean... We were talking about Whedon earlier. Partly, yeah. Whedon... Um, pretty much just took a sledgehammer to all the normal horror movie. The trope. Tropes. Um. It was so enjoyable that it wasn't a horror movie. But it was. But it wasn't. Yeah. Christy's not a huge horror movie person, so. I like thrillers. I like things like, um, The Rainmaker and. The Rainmaker. <laughs> I love that that's the first example. <laughs> We're talking about Cabin in the Woods. You're like, I love thrillers. Like, The Rainmaker. <laughs> chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is not a thriller. <laughs> uh, I would argue that The Rainmaker is. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody's like, like of the somebody had like a gun to my head and was like, "All right, start naming thrillers, <laughs> one after the other." Rainmaker wouldn't be in the top like five hundred, but, but it was your number one. That's great. Here, think of thrillers. <laughs> the Rainmaker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that was way fun. <laughs> but I'm saying that I like thrillers of that ill. <laughs> I can't even do the straight face now. You know or, you know, like the Silence Slightly of the okay movies that might be thrillers in some Stop people's heads. Stop it. It was a great movie. Now, Silence of the Lambs will be one of my top five or ten that I would say. But definitely right, never, but you know Rainmaker would never come across my lips. Well, you're fucked up. But... What I'm saying is, is that those are movies that make you think. <laughs> They're not. It makes me think, why? That's your number one thriller. <laughs> They're not like slasher, blood, <laughs> guts movies that generally I'm not thrilled with. Um, that being said, this felt not more like The Rainmaker, but maybe more. Well, I'm trying to think, like, did we, did you see? I don't even think we saw any horror, or you saw any horror movies other than You made me Cabin watch Texas Woods. Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Oh, no, I'm talking about new movies. No. I'm talking about this here, other horror movies you made me watch. Yeah, I mean, other in terms of new movies that were <laughs> not thrillers like The Rainmaker, but horror movies. Compliance. That's not a horror movie. <laughs> thriller? That's definitely a thriller. Thank you. Okay. But yeah, Kevin the Woods, amazing, great, awesome. 
Hems- I feel like Hemsworth. I feel like this should be like an honorable mention for the Rainmaker now somewhere <laughs> in our list. Revisit the Rainmaker, guys. Do it. It's on HBO all the time. Like, that's like uh, that's not even one of my top ten favorite Grisham adaptations. What's wrong with you? Why? It's fantastic and well acted. Matt Damon. He was great, and Claire Danes was great. Bitch, though she may be. So, which is Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito was great. What's his face with the southern accent who lobbied for the insurance company was great. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> no, Angelina Jolie's father, John Boyd. All right. So, what was your? Are we on your number eight? Mm-hmm. Let's go. This is forty. <sighs> this is forty. Oh no! You sighed like maybe you didn't even include it in your list because you're disappointed somehow. That would be true. I know you too well. It's not, even my, it's not even in my top 20. Oh, that makes me sad. It's okay. Is it that the movie made you sad? The movie made me sad? Yeah. Did you finish sh- it and you were like, womp womp life? Uh, it's just thought it was disappointing. Like, uh, definitely not one of my favorite. Like, Funny People still my least favorite out of his. Oh, yeah. By a mile. But this one, I mean... Compared to like Knocked Up or Forty Year Old Virgin, I like those a lot better. Well, those than are this iconic. One. I feel like this is in a different tier. I agree with you on that, but I don't think it's on the funny people tier. I thought it was very like it was like it really didn't have a plot other than thinking like it's a slice of life movie. What? Okay, so Knocked Up. One of my favorite parts about Knocked Up was the characters played by Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann in Knocked Up. I, I feel like between the time of Knocked Up, of their characters, and this movie, they must have, like, really started to hate each other because this movie, the whole time, even though he, like, makes points to say, to to say, oh, they actually love each other. The right. whole time I was like, they are people, not well suited. These people are terrible for each other. This well, is not even fun to watch it's anymore. It's interesting that you say that because uh, about a, two weeks ago, I want to say it was, Knocked Up was on TV. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And I knew this was coming out, so I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch Knocked Up. So I watched it. And I think like a hundred times in Knocked Up, they allude to Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd being not right for each other. Like yeah. Catherine Heigl even has a big speech about it, about to Seth Rogen, about how she doesn't want to end up like Debbie because look how unhappy Debbie is. And... How they're not right for each other and how Paul Rudd's a shitty husband. Yeah. And that whole thing. And I remember at the time feeling a bit like you just described and going, they don't seem that bad together. Like, what's the worst part about their marriage that she's constipated and they don't want to, like, have sex? Like, really? That's it? Because I don't see why there's – he plays fantasy baseball. What's the big deal? Um, Maybe those characters knew something we don't – we didn't know then but know now. And, you know, now Catherine Heigl's little impassioned speech makes a bit more sense. But – and maybe you'll disagree with me. I still rooted for them. I rooted for them not to kill each other. No, I rooted for them to, like, make it work and stay together. Hmm. Because I feel like, although it was played up more clearly for this film – I feel like that could be anybody. That could be us. That could be our friends. That could be anybody. After being together for a million years and having two kids and, you know, having shit kind of thrown at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that could be so many of us. And it doesn't mean that you're not right for each other. It just means that life is hard and relationships are not all 
fun in games, but they're not all dramatic like Blue Valentine either. There's there's a big ass gray area in between. It was way too long. It was a little long. Like it was like just the whole parts of it just could have been excised and and the movie would have been better for it. I was just like several points throughout. I was just like. Wow, this is never going to end. Like, these people hate each other. I didn't think like, you're right. Well, you're right. But I kind of was okay with it. I think that for me, it all start, started unraveling when Paul Rudd got on the bicycle, and like towards the end, and he had his big his big run. I'm uh-huh. like, uh, that's when it, it did unravel a little bit for me. Then, up until then, I was totally on board, especially exploring the parental relationships between Paul Rudd and his dad, and Leslie Mann and her dad, and explained a lot. Maude Apatow kind of stole her scenes. She was great. Well, anytime you talk about loss, anywhere, <laughs> I appreciate it. Of course you did. I knew you would appreciate that part. Maude was great. Oh, man. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I was just, like, disappointed. Because I feel like he he keeps going farther and farther away from... From whence he Comedy, can. you know. He's got a good comic voice. And I think he's kind of just gotten sloppier and sloppier into just... Just like putting just stuff up there and just hoping sticks. Yeah, and it just doesn't work most of it. So I disagree. I felt this worked. I mean, it wasn't like the best. It's not my number one, but it's good enough to be number eight. I like Megan Fox. Of course, you like Megan. Who doesn't like Megan Fox? If you Megan have- Fox is actually funny. Like, she is funny in this. I liked her more than I, I have liked her in the past. Like I remember when she was doing the Transformers movies and people like Ugh. were always talking bad about her. But then I saw her like on the red carpet doing like an interview and I'm like, she's kind of funny. She's like really sharp. I didn't realize that she was sharp, to be honest with you. And if she is, more power to her. I mean, girls got it going on. I always thought that, not that she, because I think it's, it's a terrible thing when, when other women say, oh, she's pretty, so she must be full of herself, or she must have a vapid personality, or stuff like that. I actually didn't really think that much about her, to think that. However, I think I probably did assume that she... Sucked. No, just that she maybe was, if not conceited, perhaps not incredibly bright, or quick, or, you know, fill in the blank. So if you're saying that she is, man, more power to her, she owns the world. Good on you, Megan Fox. All right. What was that, number eight? Yep. Number seven on my list, top ten, 2012. Wait, did you do number eight? Oh, number eight. Sorry, (laughs) I'm skipping ahead. Number eight, Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Starring Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. What does that mean? It's not on my list. Not on your list? Nope. Didn't like it? Didn't get an honorable mention either. Whoa. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it. Whoa. I think if I were to give out superlative awards, uh-huh. I would give this the most overrated movie of 2012. Whoa. There you go. See, no, because that's not an insult. It's just it's overrated in my book. But why did you like it? Um, Mainly because of the acting in it. I thought Bradley Cooper and both Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence were, what the what are you doing? I bit my lip. Oh. I think they were great together. Like, I wanted to see more of them together, like, after this movie. I agree. They they were a great pairing. Um, She's super awesome. She's great. I'm kind of in love with her. I know. And because I can tell, because you get all, like, shy and schoolboyish about it. You're like, she's super awesome. Your shoulders kind of rise up. Your hands kind of turn inward. 
I need to, we need to get a <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence autograph. We'll put her up right next to Ryan Gosling and we'll just stare at them while we sit next to each other. It'll be, it'll be like, this is 40 part two, really sad where we're sitting together looking at No, but people. like since like, uh, <laughs> I was a big Alias fan and that was where Bradley Cooper first came out. He was really good in Alias. And since then, I just thought, I didn't think that there was, he had been in anything where I was like, yes, that's the Bradley Cooper that I liked in Alias that I thought was like, the sky's the limit for terms of his. Speaking of, though, there was that one movie where it was like, the sky was the limit because he was on drugs. Limitless. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good, but I thought this was better. I love both of them together. I like the story because it's not like a, a, a romantic comedy situation that you'd normally see in the movies. I mean, the guy's got serious mental issues. He's bipolar. She's, you know, got issues herself. They somehow come together. Um, De Niro finally plays a role where you're like, yes, De Niro, doing something good. Right, he was great. Instead of sucking. Um, Are you thinking about, like, the Fockers fame? Oh, just everything since, you know, when he was awesome. Like, you're always pulling for De Niro to... It always... He, like he goes into a slumber, like a bear, like hibernation for like, many winters, and he comes back. And are you rubbing Ryan Gosling? <laughs> I just I don't know what happened. Like my eyes. So why did you think he's? Why is it overrated? Okay, well, this is one of those movies where I almost wish that I went in not having heard a single thing because then maybe I would have been kinder in my review. Uh huh. But because everybody was like. Oh my God! Silver planet, silver plate, whatever it is, the <laughs> book. <laughs> that one. It's like the Rainmaker, but better. <laughs> you know, oh my God, so great! Oh my God, I was like, okay, great. And I love Jennifer Lawrence, like you. Mm-hmm. So I was really looking forward to her. Um, I don't hate Bradley Cooper, but I don't love him either. But speaks I, French. Great. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. And like you, I am a cheerleader in Bobby De Niro's corner. Um, and then it started and right away, uh, there's this one manic scene where, uh, Bradley Cooper's character wakes up his parents in the middle of the night and he starts. Farewell to arms, that scene. There's a title of the scene. No, where he's reading Farewell to Arms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. throws it out yeah, the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. And then there was another, but there was another time where he was talking about, like, finding silver linings. And, and, and that happens periodically throughout the movie. And I get that. Okay, that's what the title. I don't know what it was, and I, and I know I'm being probably unfair, but something about that right away threw me off for the whole rest of the movie. I'm like, what is he talking about? Silver, like... This, we, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm finding the silver linings, and I'm like, is this like an inspirational movie? What is he doing? And I don't know why, but I think I got fixated on that. And then the dance lessons started, which were great, but then there was always some sort of distraction that, like you were saying, that you wished that you had more of them together. Uh-huh. I agree, and I think that had there been more of them together in this movie, I also would have enjoyed it more. Okay. Because every time I got into it was when they were together, and then, like, something would happen, and they were not together, and something else happened, and they had separate drama, and I'm like, and I'm no longer interested. It just didn't hold my interest or attention the way I felt that it would have going in. And at the end, although I was happy with the ending, I was also happy it was over. 
Okay. Fair, I guess. You guess. You guess. So now we're on to number seven. Seven. We're going slow. We, need we to are, sorry. Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yes. Lucky number seven. This was a movie I'll that... I'll go mention on my list. Oh, should have been on there. Justin and I had not been to a single movie since Brooklyn was born August 1st. And our dear friends Natalie and Kevin decided they wanted to help us out. So they babysat and I got to choose the movie because it was for my birthday. Forget the fact that this had been out in theaters for like a month. I was like, I don't care. Was that our last episode? I want to see it. Yeah. So we went and we saw Pitch Perfect, um, which was funny and well acted and great and quick and an easy show to watch, etc. I agree. There you go. And in Kendrick. It's something I would want to watch again. Like, if it were on TV, I would stop and probably watch it. Definitely. Definitely. Good soundtrack. Yes. 90s R&B. Oh, so fun. All right. Number seven on my list. Argo. Not Fargo. But Argo. Argo. Starring you, Ben Affleck. Justin looks a lot like Ben Affleck in real life, so... <laughs> That's why... Homeless people think I look like Ben Affleck. Homeless people stop him and... Well, they haven't been in a long time, but they did back in the day. And they were like, hey, you Ben Affleck? <laughs> and Justin's like, no. And they're like, come on, come on. You Ben Affleck? Like, they don't believe him. I think that, like, you just need to start carrying around Benjamins and, and giving them to homeless people and be like, yes, I am. What? And then just whip it out. Yeah. Uh, if no one's seen it... And by whip see, it out, I mean your money. See see Argo... <laughs> It's one of those movies that's a true story that I never knew about the story before I saw the movie or heard about the movie before well, I saw it. it's classified, so why would you? Maybe I'm <laughs> you in the CIA. Okay, Justin Winters. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had some sort of alter ego personality. But it's got Ben Affleck. He's great. He's a great director, as it turns out. He is a good director. Who would have known? Ben Affleck. Good director. It, well, we know now, but had you known that back in the day watching Good Will Hunting, I would have been like, mm. especially because I heard rumors back then that Matt Damon had actually written the script and that he wanted it green-lighted so badly that somehow Ben had a connection and he agreed to give Ben writing credit to get Ben on board to act in it and make it go what? forward. What? Right. So, no, I, I knew that back then. So, having known that, if somebody would have then told me, by the way, he turns out to be a great director, I'd have been like, really? And yet. And yet. So, yeah, I agree with you with the whole true story being retold. I know that they added a couple of things for effect. I think there's a scene where... Talking about thrillers, Argo. Oh, yeah. Much better thriller than The Rainmaker. It is better than The Rainmaker. but The, the whole thrillers. scene of them... <laughs> getting out mm-hmm. like the airport and all that stuff right. i was like yes well what i was just getting at is that there's a scene where they're in the plane and there's a cop car on the runway chasing after the plane there might be a liar liar i started like laughing <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen in real life ben affleck said that he's like all right that was for dramatic effect that didn't actually happen but it was effective stop the plane <laughs> look it's dead he came to watch us off I'm an <laughs> Sorry. Another yeah. great movie. Another good thriller. Liar, liar. Great acting. It's got <laughs> Alan Arkin, John Goodman. All good actors. All good stuff. John Goodman was in another movie this year that we have to discuss at some point. Flight. 
Yes. Okay. Um, what is your number six movie? That I just... Oh, wait. I'm off. I just did Argo, which is my number seven. Oh, okay. My number six is The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Is it one of your honorable mentions? Eleven. I, I thought so. Um, I'm a huge nerdy fan of the books. I wouldn't even tell you how big of a nerdy fan of the books I am because just go so back and would reveal something about me that I don't want to. Just go back and listen to our review uh, episode of The Hunger Games. Oh my god, yes. Th- just he's do like that. 50 point counterpoint <laughs> review of The Hunger Games. I'm a huge nerdy fan of The Hunger Games, y'all. And so the movie disappointed me on a lot of levels just because it wasn't the book. But given time and perspective... I could appreciate it for what it is, mm-hmm. and also bear in mind, it the movie is never as good as the book. No matter what the book is, no matter what the movie is, the movie is never as good as the book. It Unless just it's the isn't. Rainmaker. And then it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, knowing that, I'm trying to appreciate it as its own entity and not as. I still haven't read the, the rest of the third book yet. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> it makes me crazy. You know what else makes me crazy? My mother, who has had two, one of my two copies of The Hunger Games for like two years, and I'm like, Mom, have you picked up The Hunger Games lately? And every time she's like, no, Kristen. No. And then she had a power outage recently. lasted like days, or not, but cable. And I was like, pick up the book. Why don't you? Because like, you know that MSNBC is 24 hours. Right. But her cable was out for days. And I was like, Mom, your cable's out. Pick up the Hunger Games. And she was like, I've got to sort I my shoeboxes, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> right? She had things to do. Very important things. But yeah, Hunger Games. You're pretty awesome. So therefore, you're number seven. The experience of going to see it is probably better than the movie. <laughs> really? Standing outside in the cold with the line that went around the movie theater? No, I just remember how excited we were and, like, seeing it, even though it was in fake IMAX. Oh, yeah. And it was all right. Just, you know, seeing on screen a lot of the... I mean... I enjoyed of... seeing it with our mutual best friend, Kim Udolf, with whom we had a powwow in the bathroom about the intricacies of how it was different from the book. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, Kim. But I'm excited about Catching Fire coming in November. Oh, I'm excited again. I don't care. It's like you hit me in the ball sack one time and I'm like, ow, okay. Oh <laughs> things, things have come to light in this podcast. Because <laughs> she has a ball sack. <laughs> and she loves the Rainmaker. All right. The book and the movie. And then I'm like, Best thriller ever. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, I've recovered. I think I can do this again. And then I get really excited about it. Well, one of the problems I I had with the the original the first movie was direct yeah, yeah. directing problems. I agree. They have a new director, which is why I'm allowing. He's not to like he's not Ben Affleck, but <laughs> he's he's not Gary Ross again. So I have high hopes that a lot of the same mistakes won't happen. Hopefully, he's a like. Tom Hooper caliber. Hopefully he can... Oh, God. Just wait till we have to talk about that. <laughs> Put your camera on a tripod, for God's sake. It's going to be a long podcast, y'all. Like, it comes with the best part. Put the camera on a tripod. I want to see that shit going down. Don't shake the fuck out of the camera. I want to see it. Ugh. Okay. <sighs> okay. Um, number six on my list. Top... Top 10 in 2012. Blue Looper. Which is not on my list. 
I knew Which, we were going to have different lists this year. I don't even think you watched the whole movie with I me. did, too, watch the whole movie with you. Didn't you, like, no, I come watched in, like, halfway? The, no, I didn't. I watched the whole movie with you. were, like, on the computer. You. No, I watched... I was sitting in that chair. Oh, yeah? I watched the whole movie with you. Did you fall asleep? No. It was the morning. Oh. Okay. Um, Looper. Number six. Like, n- number one through five were, like, really easy. Six through ten were kind of, like, interchangeable. But Looper is... Like, it's one of those that I want to see again. Like... I'd like to see it now, but we have a stack of other movies. Yeah, we've got other things we gotta see first. I'm a sucker for um, two things: sci-fi, sci-fi, time travel. If you have both of those in the same movie, there's a good chance that I would like the movie a lot. You're kind of guaranteed to win with Justin. Yes, and especially if it's also a a good movie on top of that, (laughs) which (laughs) which Looper is. It's a sci-fi time travel movie that's also really good. It's got a great story. It's got good acting. What? So what about that movie that came out on the internet a couple years ago? Which one? With the computer animated birds. Ah! Ah! That's Birdemic. What if there was time travel in that? (laughs) Because there's already the sci-fi element. Would you be on board? (laughs) I would have been more apt to already have seen that movie, yes. See? Yes. It doesn't matter what it's about. Just include those elements and you're fine. Yes. <laughs> My favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future, sci-fi, time travel. Looper, sci-fi, time travel. Uh, you were looking forward to this movie. Bruce Willis, Joseph so Gordon-Levitt. Um, it's just kind of great. I mean, any time, it's, it's the off-conversation that you might have with friends over drinks. Like, if... If you can go back and kill a you know a very terrible person like Hitler or something oh, as I a kid, this was be like- as a kid, would it be worthwhile? Would it change the whole fabric of time and what he did? The butterfly effect, exactly. So that's what another thriller. That's what Looper's about, <laughs> dude. I actually love which we talked about butterfly effect. I know. <laughs> Oh. We keep repeating the same seven conversations throughout our life. So you, it wasn't even an honorable mention? No. No? I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed other movies more. This wasn't one that was um, disincluded because I didn't enjoy it. It's just because I enjoyed others more. Don't know. I really don't have a whole lot to say about it. What if, like, you're uh, going to work or bicycling to work? In a couple weeks, you're going to your new job. Which I haven't revealed yet, but okay. <laughs> I have a new job. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so you're going to a job. <laughs> or you're at the grocery store. You're at Whole Foods. We're at mm-hmm. Whole Foods today. That I bike there because it's right next to my new job. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get fake cheese at Whole Foods. And all of a sudden, before you can grab the fake cheese, someone else grabs it. And you look... And it's old you. And she's like, Chrissy, I have to kill you to close the loop. Would you just run? I'd be like, A, so glad you stayed out of the sun. Your skin looks great. (laughs) And then I'd be like, B. You're still eating fake cheese? I'd be like, don't you care about Brooklyn? Who will raise her if I'm not there to do it? And that would be a big thing. She's like, Chrissy. Everything you needed to know was in the Rain Man. 
Be like, so... Did you not study the text of the Rainmaker? That doesn't even make sense. You just wanted to call back the Rainmaker. <laughs> but okay. I don't know, man. Deep thoughts by watching Looper. Yeah. I guess. Moving on. Moving on. All right, we're on to number five. Number five. We're in our top five. Argo. Argo. Which we have previously discussed. Yes. Definitely going to be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, yeah. I wonder if I won Best Director. Um, I'm, I don't know. Okay. It's definitely going to be up there. Prepare your speech, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. You got a speech, Ben Affleck. (laughs) Okay, that was number five. Mm-hmm. My number five. Whoa, is this your stomach? It, it was. Thank you for noticing. Number five. Perks of being a wallflower. Not on my list. Not on your list? Not on my list. Shenanigans. <laughs> I'm going to call shenanigans out on you. Because Chrissy, uh, right after we watched that movie, you were like, that movie was awesome. That was a what? great movie. Really? Yes. I don't even remember saying that. Yes, you did. And you're like... You liked that a lot, didn't you? I'm like, yes. Like, it's tailor-made for you. Yeah, I thought it was tailor-made for you. Great movie. Totally out of the blue. Like, I'd heard a couple people like, oh, it's really good. And then I watched it, I'm like, this is really good. This is like early Cameron Crowe-esque good. I don't know if it's that good. I would say maybe Elizabethtown good. Uh Oh, much better than Elizabethtown. Maybe better, but on the same level. It's one of those movies, like high school dramedies, like it's got drama and comedy, where a lot of movies like that you watch and you just don't see any of your high school experience in. You're just like, this is nothing like my how high school was for me. While this movie, I watched it and I'm like, this totally reminds me of high school. I was just like, going to say, like, some it, of these it was people, like your high Some of these experience. people, some of these experiences, I'm just like, man, high school was rad. That was awesome. Okay, so that's why it struck a chord for you. My my high school experience was a lot like Glee meets Dawson's Creek. <laughs> my high school experience was a lot like The Rainmaker. <laughs> oh, that's so of, sad. There's lots of, of thriller elements. Did you have an Affleck brother who was dying of leukemia? <laughs> um, a, you said Glee meets what? Dawson's Creek. Oh. It was very much like those two shows combined. I went to performing arts high school, hence the Glee element. But Those we, aren't movies, but, but we, I know. But we talked a lot like the kids from Dawson's Creek, and we interacted and changed boyfriends and friends around just like that show. So, ta-da! But um, yeah, Perks of Being Off are apparently it was a great book. the The guy that wrote the book wrote the movie and then directed the movie, which never happens, and it was great. And it has like the main kid is really good, Logan Lerman. But the two best parts about it were Emma Watson, who is like. In that movie, amazing. a revelation. No, she's like you're like, oh man, googly eyes the whole time. You're like she's really awesome. Her and Jennifer Lawrence should like band together and just come and go out to dinner with me. I gotta say, I'm cool with you like having a crush on Jennifer Lawrence because she's you know awesome and appropriate. But Emily Watson's a little bit young for you to have a crush on. She's Hermione. Come on. Yeah, a little bit young for you to have a crush on. No. She's an old soul. <laughs> How old is she? How old is she? Uh-huh. 
don't know, in her twenties. She just played somebody in high school. Yes. Hmm. How old are you? Like thirty. Do you have a child? What are you saying? I am saying she's too what? young to be on your list. You have a topless sign picture of Ryan Gosling <laughs> that you put beside our daughter's changing table. You did that. You're the one that put it over there. Are you sure? Yes. Because I was like, why is Ryan Gosling looking at me changing my daughter's diaper? <laughs> Maybe it was me. But he's age appropriate. I just thought she was great in this movie. Jeez. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, also good in this movie, Ezra Miller plays a kid who is like, he's like out of the closet gay, but he has like yeah, he was all these issues. Not only was he great in this movie, the fact that he was also in, we need to talk about Kevin at the beginning of this year. Oh, man. <laughs> it was just the worst movie to watch when you have a child on the way. Spoiler alert, that's my number one. <laughs> Yeah, totally, like, flip opposite roles for him. I was just like, holy shit, is that the guy from Win- What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. Right. But he's great in this movie. I agree. Great movie. Check it out. Good movie. Check it out when great. you can. <laughs> she said it was great right when we watched it. Now she's sliding back. I'm not sliding back. I was real tired when we watched that movie. You probably movie. fell asleep. You probably fell asleep during half the movies you watched. No. Yes, you did. Not during half. <laughs> All right, that was my number five. What's your number four? Uh, Django Unchained. Django. Has everything going for it. Has a great soundtrack. Has the best leading cast ever, including Leonardo DiCaprio. Jamie Foxx is brilliant. Um, Kerry Washington is great in her role in this. Even Quentin Tarantino makes a little cameo. Um, okay. There's a possibility that it's coming up on my list, mm-hmm. but I will say a couple things about this. Number one, I'm glad we, we finally saw it because we thought we were going to get the screener. Yeah. And we're, we're like, we have to see it before we do our top ten because it's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I mean, come on. We both love Quentin Tarantino movies. He's great. Um, we finally saw it like a couple of days ago or when did we see it? The like, first? Uh, oh, last week. Second? I don't know. Just this week. This is past week. And I was like, yes, thank God we watched this. Because the whole time I was watching, I was like, yes, this yeah. is awesome. And the fact that it's, like, going to be, like, his biggest hit almost in the theater. Like, it's causing all this controversy and people are, like, talking yeah, about it. And use I use the N-word a lot. It reminds me, similarly, in, it's not in like terms... It's like it's like a, a Downton Abbey movie where they're using the N-word a lot. Like, it's based in slavery ties. Like, right, I know. It reminds me um, in terms of pacing and the amount of fun that it was to watch, um, given its historical context. It reminded me of Inglorious Bastards. Yes. I loved Inglorious Bastards. So, of course, I was set up to love this. Yes. Um, Christoph Waltz, talk about a revelation. He, that man, I could marry that man Whoever, in another life. Like, I loved him in Inglorious Bastards, and yeah. I was like, I was like, there's oh, no he way he could. great in that movie. He was I thought I liked it better this movie than I liked it in Glorious Bastards. Me Bastard. too, and I thought there was no way he could top himself in Inglo- in Inglorious Bastards. Like, he was such a brilliant Nazi. You could tell Christy and I would love this movie because like we like start laughing at just like 
gestures that Christoph Waltz would do in the movie. Like, and we, he, we look at each other. He doesn't have to people. say anything. I just start laughing at him. I know. Um, especially once you figured out what his character was really all about. Because in the beginning, you didn't quite, at least I didn't quite know. So, like, when he is talking to these two shady guys in the dark and is like, oh, you should put your gun away. And they're like, we're going to kill you, varmint. And he's like, I'm going to assume you got carried away and you do not intend lethal harm. And then they were like, we're really going to shoot you. And he's like, okay. And then, you know, takes care of the situation. And my jaw was on the ground right away. I'm like, what the hell just happened? And it kind of stayed on the ground for the rest of the movie with regards to, um, the misadventures that he and Jamie Foxx stumbled upon. Both of them together were great. They were like, it was like a buddy cop movie. A little bit. In the slavery ties. They were just really good. What was that one movie a few years back with Samuel L. Jackson and Wednesday Adams? Oh, um. Wednesday <laughs> <Christine> Adams. <laughs> Black Snake Moan. Thank you. Another were, movie I love. There were a few elements of that in this, I felt, too. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, in this. Um, Samuel Jackson and both. Samuel, I, I, dude. This, oh. He's great at this. Leo was great, man. He was really good. Do yeah. you know uh, the, <laughs> the one scene where he, um, he uh, cuts his hand? Uh-huh. That was... That... That happened? That happened. He smashed a glass. There was it, he wasn't supposed to cut his hand, and he kept doing the scene with his hand bleeding. He like wiped freaking Carrie Washington's yeah. face with blood. Yeah, I saw he that. He did a whole like ten minute long scene with his, his hand gashed with blood, and I was just like, "What?" I didn't know that at the time that that was what had happened on set. Yeah, but he was just like. We were talking about like he's never played like a bad guy, but he was no. really good. The closest he has come to playing a bad guy was either if you count his character who did shady things in The Departed, which by the way he wasn't a bad guy. He, he was kind of a dick things. and wants eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's dead. Or Dad's dead. I was going to say, say where's Arnie? The bad brother. Say it. Where's Arnie? You <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> I love that movie. The bad brother in Man in the Iron Mask. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, there were a couple of moments where I actually thought of that during this. Okay, we'll talk about that later because it's on my list. Okay. Uh, number four, we've already talked about this on my list The Avengers. Well, I you love it. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> What'd you say? You were busy quoting Gilbert Grape, and I just thought of the moment where Lee loses his shit in Man in the Iron Mask and says, wear it until you love it, and then die in it. I love that you're quoting Man in the Iron Mask. It just came in my head, because he loses it. He's speaking in even-tempered tones, and he's so upset. I thought you, I thought you were going to quote some more what's he in Gilbert Grape. And he's like this, and then all of a sudden he goes, wear it until you love it, and he's so mad. And it's like, almost Hi, my name bad. is Arnie. I'm having a birthday party. I don't know you, but you can come. <laughs> I love that movie. Holy shit. Oh, no. Things are falling. We're dropping things. Or I'm kicking them because I'm too excited. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm higher than ever before. <laughs> Climbing trees. Uh, for I'm the a wake up. <laughs> Can you recover? 
Oh, man. No, that was just one of the movies uh, when I was a kid that uh, myself, my brother, and my cousin, uh, Rusty, we just watched like a super (laughs) inordinate amount of times, so much that we would just quote it at awkward times, you know, like we're at church, like we start quoting... (laughs) What's it's not a movie that you want to watch like a billion times. Billy either, Madison is another one of those movies. But that, that makes we... sense. That's a movie you do watch a billion times. What's Eating Gilbert Grape, despite Leo's fun performance, is actually a sad movie and not one that you want to watch a million times. It is a very sad movie. That's like watching Marvin's Room a million times. Or The Rainmaker. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, the Avengers. Which number is, four. Oh, okay, number four. Yeah. Wow, it's high up. I mean, come on. I'm higher than ever before. <laughs> What's your number three? Number three is Flight. We're getting up there. Flight. Flight was a great movie, you guys. Flight, not on my list. Not an honorable mention. Wah, wah. What? What's your O face for? Oh, oh. Oh, here's why. Here's why. What? I liked Flight up to the point of its last like 10, 15 minutes, and then it just totally lost me there. It did unravel a little bit. Well, it's like there was the character that Denzel Washington played for the first whatever, and then it's like he totally like turned into like a whole different character for this last 10, 15 minutes. He only had a catharsis. But it was the... The thing that brought about the the, car, the catharsis was so just, like, <laughs> random that I was like, what? It was basically he, he started thinking about his the, – the chick that he, like, stared down her ass while they were doing coke in the first scene of the movie. And it's like, oh, I don't want to, like, oh. do something bad. I'm like, who? Like, what? But he worked with her. I just thought it was unearned and it was just, like, totally out of the blue. Like – I thought it was like I thought he was just gonna like totally like keep going down deeper and deeper. Like I would have, uh, then he would have had no consequences. I would have appreciated the movie more then because he was a dick. Like he was a dick. He, I mean, watching this movie, you're like, I guess you can do blow and f- smoke weed and drink, do a plane, vodka, and still you know do crazy shit with a plane. But yeah, I just like, I don't know. And the whole thing in the middle with the, the, the girl, I just didn't really care about that either. That I agree with, and that was probably the most unnecessary part for me. Like, I love the first, the, the, I mean, the, the whole plane thing is the most amazing part of the whole movie. It is. Um, it is. And that, that was what hooked me. And then the everything of him resolving what he did, the, all the scenes with Don Cheadle and stuff, John talking Goodman. about that. John, John Goodman was amazing, like, in this, like... He was so random and out there that yeah. uh, the first time he came through, I was like, what was that? Yeah, I know. And then he's not in it for, like, another, like, 45 minutes. And then he comes back randomly and you're like, okay, this is awesome. He's back. Because at that point, it's just going so downhill and it's gotten depressing. It's just like, okay, he's back. This is subjective and arbitrary. But I find that when I am really tired and I start a movie going, oh, I'm so tired. And that 10 minutes in, I'm like, holy shit, what just happened? Like, I was schwitzing. 
And then I'm like, what's going to happen from here on out? And it holds my attention to the point where my eyes are glued to the screen pretty much for the rest. Like, automatically. Automatically. It's a great movie. Then add in the whole performance by Denzel Washington and pretty much the unraveling that his character goes through. He, like, re-ravels and then he unravels and then he re-ravels and he unravels throughout the entire movie. And, um, you, of course, wonder what's going to happen to him and the consequences of his actions. But... I, for me, it was almost about, like, where are they, Where is the whole movie going to go from here? Because if that was the beginning, holy crap. Like, what? Are, I, mean, I didn't know what we were in for whatsoever, and I think that also aided in yeah. my wanting this movie to be awesome and have it succeed after the first ten minutes, because I didn't know what it was about. Okay. Well, I think you probably could have been an honorable mention to me, but it, the reason that it wasn't up there instantly was those last 15 minutes where I just like they totally did not stick the landing <laughs> might have been a one went upside down and then into the ground might have been a one footed landing yeah but still better than Silver Linings playbook <sighs> different strokes for different folks alright but good yeah I mean it's not totally out of the blue like the Rainmaker, you know. You just keep calling back that damn joke. <laughs> Number three on my list is. Can you guess my top three? Have you been paying attention? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that your number three is is Magic Mike. Nope, honorable mention. My number three. <laughs> you top, love that movie. That's why I guess that. Top ten, two thousand twelve. A movie that we didn't really talk too much about. No. After the fact. I am intrigued. Cloud Atlas. We did not talk too much about that. It's not on either of my lists. I considered giving it an honorable mention, but then I remembered how long it was. Hmm. Let me think of another movie that was really, really long. Bite your tongue. Or two movies: Titanic hey. and Titanic 3D. <laughs> Bite it right now. Bite it. Um, Claude Atlas. Great movie. Great. So movie. great that you slammed the couch between your legs. Out of out of I think of out of all the movies that we watched over the Christmas break, which was like a dozen screeners, like award screeners. That is like either one or two of the ones that I want. I wanted to instantly watch again, like really soon. Are you kidding me? Do you see? Do you guys detect the yawn? By the way, that yawn was because the very idea of watching Cloud Atlas again immediately after watching it for another that three hours great. more. I'm like, oh my god, no. There's a, there's like there's only a handful of movies that I can think of that were when you're reading it. I mean, it was based on a book. And I haven't read the book, but after seeing the movie, I'm like, holy shit, how did they adapt this? This must have been a dense, dense book. But once you get it, like, it takes, like, 10 or 15 minutes to get into what's going on in the movie. And then once you get into those 10, 15 minutes, you're just like, whoa, like, this is, like, a great ride. This is awesome. Because there's, like, six or seven different stories going on, and you don't know why they're, they're similar or how they go together. But... I don't know. I agree. I felt I, like I felt it. I was just like, man. I agree. I also felt it, and it was better than I anticipated. I, for whatever reason, was anticipating it to be of the ilk of that one movie from last year with Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain. Tree of Life. 
I was expecting it to be somewhat like that, like kind of existential. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. And it was certainly better than that, I think, and I enjoyed it. But you know how I feel about movies that aren't linear in their approach. I can only like them so much. It's like I have a certain capacity for understanding, and beyond that, I become a plebeian. And I'm kind of like, man, Chrissy likes story and line. <laughs> and then I have a hard time. With Fireman! Yeah, I, I become Frankenstein by Phil Hartman. Uh, so I liked it. As much as I can like a completely non-linear movie. So you want your movies in fast food portions. You don't want them to be like... No, there's a huge difference between going to McDonald's and going to have gourmet tapas. Where you are paying $100 for a plate the size of your palm. I want something in between. I want... Five steps above the Cheesecake Factory. Whatever that is. That's what I want. So, Super Cheesecake Factory? No. <laughs> I want, like, not like at Le Dome level. Like, slightly below Le Dome. The Rainmaker Cafe? <laughs> you found me. That's what I want. I want Madeline Bistro. I want Madeline. What was your, do you remember the story? Do you remember what your favorite story was? Uh, there's so many. There was the Japanese story... There was the... I, see, I didn't ask you to list all the stories. No, but it I helps said... me remember what they were to, to choose. Okay, okay. There was the uh, Tom Hanks Halle Berry story. Which, which, they were in all of the stories. No, I but the primary one where they, they talk funny. Funny, oh. they talk Doctor Who Psycho Man. <laughs> you're like... Doctor what? Who Psycho Man. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> I think I can follow along with this. Um... Okay. What other... Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just leave it alone. (laughs) Good movie. Watch it. We we like the one where um, Jim Broadbent... Uh, yes. His family sends him to the old, the old person home. (laughs) No, the psycho woman. That was a psycho woman. He has to escape. Uh, That was really great. I admit. Anyway. I I want to watch that as a movie. Call it out. A linear movie. Watch it. Great, great movie. Um, okay, so we're on your number two. Oh my god, are we? Yep, that was my number three. Would you like to guess? Um, Magic Mike? Yes, that Justin. No? The number one is The Vow. Is it? <laughs> For real? Um, what have we not talked about that you would love? Um, does that have something to do with it? Les Mis. Is that it? Do you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men? Les Mis was... Honorable mention... Let's talk about Les Mis. Let's talk about it. Chris yeah. loves the musical Les Mis. I do. I was in even it, th- even and though I like it as a musical itself. You, you were just in it, but you've never seen the musical. You and I have a very different feeling as far as this is concerned, uh, shows. 
you cannot listen to a soundtrack or get involved in it without having seen it on stage first because you don't want it to wreck it for you. I'm the opposite in that I know that my funds are limited and often when I was younger especially, like, I don't know, how was I going to go see certain shows? So I didn't get, I actually didn't get to see a lot of shows that I really would have liked to when I was younger because of funds and people, lack of people to take me. Um, so instead, lack, people to take you? lack of people to take me. <laughs> hey, dang, Django, let's go see Les Mis. So instead, <laughs> I downloaded or borrowed CDs of soundtracks from all my friends and I... The history of Les Mis, according to Chrissy Winters, <laughs> part one. What do you think of the movie, Chrissy? Obviously, you loved it. If it's number two, your second favorite movie of 2012. Well, this is going to be similar in my review of The Hunger Games in that I have so much, like, nostalgia for it that... It clouded your opinion. Yes. Yes. And I know that, even saying that. Like, there's a, there is a rational part of me that understands that this movie is flawed. And can we start talking about the flaws now? We can in a second. But... I challenged anybody listening to this to watch Anne Hathaway in I Dreamed a Dream and not cry or feel five minutes of the movie. Or, okay, fine. I would also. The best part about the movie, by the way. I agree. I would also argue that there are moments in the. Especially in the. You said it yourself in the very beginning when Hugh Jackman has the whole prologue. And the first. His first song like, wow. is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's my. Actually, He's my. Got great moments. My favorite. Uh, that first song of his is my favorite one of his. He's got great moments. Um, there are flaws. I'm not saying there are not. But the performances, with the exception of Russell Crowe and a couple others, are so moving. We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about voice lessons. That are so, <laughs> that are so moving to me that it, it makes the whole thing work. However, may I just say, to quote my friend Sarah Spiegelman... What is one name more without a moving marching people pyramid? It is nothing. I'm sorry. Inside joke. Anyway, flaws. So poor Russell Crowe. Really? Is he that poor? Uh, I don't want to harp on him. Like, it's just like, uh, I was just like, why? Why? I said to everybody who would listen before this movie came out that I felt he was horribly mis- miscast. And everybody was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I was like, mm-mm finger of disdain is up in the air and pointing side to side going I don't think so this is bad well I mean you just did uh, I mean the cachet is Les Mis you, you don't have to have insert you know movie star A for box office power into Les Mis just to you know get box office for it there are so many other people who would have been a great Javert that I'm not sure why they felt the need to go with Russell Crowe, like, full bore. Like, he is our option. So, Russell Crowe, um, <laughs> and, and I actually love Man of the House and, and all that stuff. Master of the House? Master of the House. But the whole thing with Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter, it was just, like, so, like, turned up to 11 that I was like, they're, like, in a totally different version of Les Mis. Allow me like, to... Like, you know how we've seen Rent? Yeah. Many done many different ways. Like we saw that one guy who screamed his lines that was Roger. You remember 
Scott were like, what show is he in? <laughs> yes. Somebody beamed him from space where he's been doing rent. And we were in the front row for that one, too, which was even That's better. how I felt when I watched their their version of, like, Master of the House and everything. Yeah. I was like, they're just what, totally out there for this stuff. To quote my friend Allison, they threw away the funny. <laughs> I keep quoting my friends because I don't want to, like, steal what they said just because I agree with them. But so I'm I'm so I like them, but, but I was yeah, like they threw away the funny. It's like no, they just totally overdid it. Yeah. Um, and then the the other big problem was you've already said his name, Tom Hooper. I know. I knew you were gonna have a problem with Tom Hooper. Is it just the shaky cam that you had a problem with, or what? What? Not or shaky that cam. It slow? No. Here's here's Tom Hooper's camera. I mean, obviously this is a podcast because you see what I'm doing. Here's his camera. He's like... Justin holds the remote in his hand and swoops it over his head. Back and forth, back and forth, like he's painting rainbows. <laughs> then, then he's There's all kinds of, like, close-up, like, all over their face. <laughs> Your face was so great, too. I was just, I was just like... I, I would look at Christy and be like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, he... I saw somebody on Twitter made a great joke. They, they said, like, Tom Hooper must love FaceTime. <laughs> Because, like, this is late Miz. This is a sweeping epic. Yeah, you're right. And it's like... Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> like, every song doesn't have to be uh, I Dreamed a Dream. Like, sad, like... ECU shot. Yeah, like, yeah. in her face. Like, seeing her snot. It's like, this is, not, this is not the Blair Witch Project. This is late Miz. Like, get the... That's true. Freaking camera out of their face. The I'm not going to lie. When they did a little fall of rain, I was kind of distracted by the, the, the HD raindrops on Eponine's face because it was so, so extra close up where she couldn't even, do you guys, you guys, Eponine couldn't even move her head and she was out of frame. Like she, she which, tilted her head. And she it reminds of me of one of the scary movies. I forget which one it was where, uh, what's the girl that we like from House Bunny? Anna Ferris. Mm-hmm. She actually ran into the camera. It was so close. Like, it went... <laughs> yeah. I was like, Tom, what are you doing, dude? Like, I if, do it's, have... if it's not up their nostrils, it's, like, just totally randomly in the air, just, like, sweeping around, yeah. and you're just like, whoa. I do have one problem also with acting direction that I assume was at the hands of Tom Hooper because it doesn't seem like something these actors would have chosen to do on their own. Mm-hmm. It felt like some of the performances, musical and also um, acting, were a bit introverted because it, I almost felt like, and somebody else said this, one of my friends too, so we're in agreement, so I'm trying to attribute, um, that it was like Tom Hooper took Broadway people and said, well, because this isn't Broadway and this is film, we need to bring you down a couple notches. So can you make your big song a little more nuanced, you know, or like bring it in? Well, no, I, I like the fact that he that everyone was singing, singing their stuff live, and it wasn't. No, I agree too. I'm not getting that. Stuff. But like, a lot of people had problems with that. I'm like, no, this is no. Really good. I actually agree that that was great. That was a good choice. But going back to like Eponine, like her big song is um, that song that now suddenly I, can't, I sing all on the time my own. on my own. Thank you, God. What happened to my brain? She's good. She was at the bar. She's good. She's well. She's a Broadway girl. Yes. But the but the problem is not good. Trilly, Trilly McTrill, Trill, oh, Chipmunk. We'll get there. But she, Samantha, like for instance, um, if you listen to, if you go on YouTube and and look up how she's performed on my own on stage, it is a different beast than what she did in this movie. And 
it just feels muted. It feels muted in this movie compared to what she is capable of. Not just vocally, but performance-wise. Like, I didn't have the same love for Eponine that I've always had in every incarnation of every soundtrack I've ever listened to of this, every YouTube, every person I've seen. Like, my own friends. Like, it's just not... I don't know. Wasn't The staging for All My Own just didn't do it in Yes, I agree. I agree. But she was still leaps and bounds better than our friend Amanda Seyfried, who was also better than I anticipated. But also, I set the bar so low for for her performance as Cosette that Brooklyn could have walked over it. <laughs> so the fact that, like, she, you know, raised the bar a quarter inch above where I had set it was good, but if I had to hear her do heart full of love, no fear, no regret, I was going to die. So late miss, number two. My name is Marius Pontmercy. And mine's Cosette. Ah. Also, Aaron Tavay, you are a gorgeous and fabulous Angel Roths. And frankly, you should have been Marius. I'm, I'm wondering what your number one is. I'm wondering if your number one is my number... I don't know. Okay. You ready for my number two? Mm-hmm. My number two top ten films... Or my favorite top ten films of 2012. Zero... Dark 30. Yes. Yay! The Hunt for Osama Bin Laden. A great movie, a little bit long. (laughs) (laughs) That's my tagline for that review. Oh, man. I'm not saying that it was too long because of all of the process that, you know, of having to go through. Like, I get it. There's a lot. It's dense. But it just... You wanted the cut from... Who's... Who's this Osama Bin Laden to? We caught him! <laughs> no, of course not. But you have to admit, there was a lot of board meetings. A lot of, like, you See, know... I love that shit. Okay. Like, I love, like, Zodiac. Like, movies like that. Like That thriller Zodiac? I love Zodiac. I love Zodiac, too. They didn't I spend all day in a board meeting in Zodiac. But they spent a lot of time talking and... Going over clues and... Oh, no, 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 no. I am totally... Kicking the shit out of people. That's great. I'm not talking about that aspect of, like, board meetings. I'm talking about, like, permission to go find them meetings. Whether it's, like, the the de rigueur of the CIA and all the shit that they have to go through. Hmm. I was engrossed. I was not as engrossed. I, w- I liked it, but I was not as engrossed as you. I thought Jessica Chastain... She's great. It was also in your favorite movie last year, Tree of Life. <laughs> did, did amazingly. Yeah. She was great. Um, yeah, I was just totally engrossed in the whole process um, that allegedly went on. Like, th- this movie's, like, angering a lot of people. Like, this is one of those movies that Congress has started to butt in and decide to... Well, because it's so soon. Because people are like, too soon? Afterward. No, that's not what they're saying at all. They're like... Where did they get this information? This is the wrong information. This is not what happened. Like, the 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 screenwriters, the filmmakers, they got access information to write the movie. Why did they get this information? Why is it the wrong information? Uh, does this movie glorify uh, torture? Is it pro-torture? Is it anti-torture? Um, pro. You think it's pro-torture? I do. Why? 
I just don't see it as an allegory for like why torture is bad and why we're, we get misinformation from torturing people. It worked for them in a lot of levels. But there's a lot of instances where it didn't work in this movie. Yeah, but it worked more often than it did not. I just don't think it's as black as white as pro or anti-torture. No, um, if I had to pick on a side of the fence, though. Anyway, love Zero Dark Thirty. We're already running long. Watch it. One of the best of the year. Yay! I'm kind of perplexed as to what your number one is now. Why are you perplexed? Is it The Vow? I no, mean, really? There's no way it could be The Vow. Wait a minute. I'm looking at the long list. Justin, come on. It can't be Titanic 3D. <laughs> if it is, I'm going to... We're stopping right now. Is it going to be the last episode of the podcast? Is it Titanic 3D? Yes. This not... Shenanigans. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. <laughs> I quit. Okay. The reason Justin's upset with me is because he's like... It's not right. It's not a release. It's a re-release. And I'm like, it still made box office money. It still had a release date. It's eligible for... My favorite movie of the year is Star Wars <laughs> Episode One: The Phantom Menace in IMAX. <laughs> uh, okay, wait. I have to defend my choice. There's no way you can defend this yeah, choice. Oh, yes, I can. Are you ready? Had it been any other year... Had it been so, really, Les Mis was your really your favorite of the year. Probably. There had it been probably. <laughs> wait, wait. Had it been any other year? Had it been 2009, 10, 2015, whatever? And then they re-released Titanic. I would have been I like, don't release it anymore. It's gonna be your favorite movie every year. I would have been like, yay, it's awesome. But you know, I really love fill in the blank. However, there are two th- reasons why this is my number one. Glad there's only two. Get to them. You're awful. Number one, the fact that it came out when I was pregnant with Brooklyn, and I got to go see it in the theater with her in my belly, and I could feel her moving and, like, responding to the sound, and... She was like, get me out of here, Dad. <laughs> you weren't even there. This is, this is like Zero Dark Thirty. This is torture. No. This is pro-torture. No. She was like, this is a part of my mama. <laughs> So it was like, there's a special circle of life thing for me because it was such a big part of my life when I was younger. This is going to become a thing. Chris is going to be like, okay, Brooklyn, it's come, the time has come. And I'll be like, swooper. I'm like, no, it hasn't. I'm like, let's go to the zoo. I'll be like, you got to see, quote unquote, this movie when you were in my belly. She's trying to make you watch this movie. I can't. No, it's it's got a special aspect. How old what? How old can she be when she first watches that movie? Twelve. Twelve? Yeah. Mm. Um, maybe younger, if she's a mature girl. It's going to be like 5D by then. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, so, but the whole point... You're going to be on the boat. That's be awesome. awesome. But anyway, so the whole My point... My favorite movie of 2024 <laughs> is Titanic 5D. <laughs> there's a sentimental aspect... I feel like I was there. Listen, there was a sentimental aspect that I couldn't ignore because of that. And secondarily, um, beyond the, the, like, oh, I have a sentimental reason for liking this. When I started doing my whole, like, mental flick charting of, like, comparing this to this, I'm like, if I pick Flight or Les Mis or Argo above Titanic, because it was released this year, I'm essentially saying I like this movie more than I like Titanic. It, I swear to God, I had this thought. I was like, that's about how the mental flick chart goes. So... I couldn't let something usurp 
Titanic in its supreme position in my canon of that favorite movies. That is the movies. nerdiest, dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, that's how it went. Ah, terrible. All right. My number one movie of 2012, a movie that was actually released for the first time in 2012, is... What is it? I don't know. Rock of Ages? Django Unchained. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just watched this past week, so... Rock of Ages? (laughs) Django Unchained! My favorite movie. Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Loved it. What was that, my number three? Love, love, loved it. I would like to make an executive decision, and I would like to flip around Django Unchained with Flight to make Django my number three. In flight, my number four. I would like to make an executive decision <laughs> and cross out because he's number one because it's illegal. No, it's not. And bump up an actual movie that was released this year. No, it's not illegal. And again, mental flick chart. I can't let something usurp it. I can't. <laughs> There's no usurping involved. Um, yeah, Django Unchained. Um, the one thing that we didn't talk about was... Um, like It's pretty close to like like masterpiece status for me. But for one thing that happened towards the end where I looked at you and I was like. In what, Rock of Ages? No, Django Unchained. <laughs> what What was the one part I did not love about the movie? Towards the end? Yeah. Um, oh, when uh, Jamie Foxx was holed up and um, he like gave up at one point and he was like, okay. And he like basically like. Gave his gun up and just kind of like walked out and surrendered. Oh, no. No? Yeah. I thought you were going to say when he was strung up upside down with his wang hanging like halfway to his... That was pretty his... gruesome, too. <laughs> Damn it, Jamie Foxx! <laughs> like, I do not want to encounter that in a glory hole. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the strangest glory hole reference ever. Um, I don't know what you're thinking of, Dustin. I'm thinking of the show with all the rednecks and they're like, you know, trying to find oil and stuff. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> they covered on the suit all the time. Quentin Tarantino. He did not need to be in this movie. Really? No. Oh, I disagree with you. I thought that was a fun scene. His, his terrible Australian accent. Yeah, I know. It's kind of made it fun. No, it didn't. It made it terrible. <laughs> no. I was like, we were so close to the end. He's like, hi. Oh, I'll strip on the bobby. I'm like, Quentin, really? Let's go mining. <laughs> Best movie of the year. Um, in a movie, uh, a great movie year, man. A lot of good movies. So, all right. Let's quickly go down my my honorable mentions. We talked about Hunger Games, Pitch Perfect, Lincoln, Moonrise Kingdom, very good movie. Cute. Uh, Magic Mike. Everyone knows my love for Magic Mike. <laughs> Look back. Go listen to that Listen podcast. to that episode. Prometheus. Go back and what? listen to that. Pro- huh? That got an honorable. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm sorry. I couldn't even like let that F-bomb not slide. Are you kidding me? Prometheus takes my uh, my nod this year that we previously gave to Splice. It's so like bonkers and out there. Like it has numerous me- bad parts about it. But the bonkers out there shit totally overrules that where I was like, this is crazy. Listen, listen. What? Listen. What? You want to say that about Killer Joe and I might be on board. You want to say that about Prometheus, I'm going to call you crazy. Then call me crazy. Shenanigans. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Thought of that. Wreck-It Ralph, which we just watched. Very good. The Master. Cute. 
And then uh, the one that you didn't see. Not cute, but good. See. <laughs> the master was not cute. I think it gets to a point where you don't even know what you're saying anymore. I'm calling things cute when they are clearly not cute. What is wrong with you? Philip Seymour Hoffman got into my head. <laughs> he, he's marginally attractive. <laughs> like, like he was especially attractive in Moneyball. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we've definitely gone too long. So, peeps, thanks for hanging in there with us, fighting the good fight. Yes, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat? Prodigy. Prodigy. <laughs> I was GNVT78B. That was my username. We're on iTunes. <laughs> hopefully we'll be back uh, sometime soon with another episode. He says hopefully because I assume he thinks that we're going to get hit by a bus. But Yeah, a I- bus named Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> we know when she winds up to that crash. Yeah. Oh, Justin, you're rubbing your eyes. Okay. Okay. Well, we love you all. Love you guys. Love you all podcast. Talk to you soon.